You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. My Terry Metallus impersonation. We hear you loud and clear, fans! And Alan Seiler. <laughs> well, I was just going to do a dumb quote from the show. I didn't get that creative with it. So I'm going to say, <laughs> I would like this ship to go. Now. <laughs> now. Yeah, and tonight we're going to be diving into some of the Star Trek news that we've had to sort of mention and move 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 away from real quick so we can talk about Star Trek Picard over the last few weeks. Uh, we'll be breaking down the Strange New Worlds trailer, talking about Section 31, and time permitting, some more. Uh, but before we do that, Keith, do we have some This Week in Trek this week? Yes, I do, and I found this very interesting um, in, leg- in light of what we're talking about, which is legacy and things like Picard, which finally became a surprise hit. Now people want another series. And Strange New Worlds, which is a surprise hit, which came from fan response to Captain Pike's appearance. 23rd of April, 1993, the first draft was submitted for the movie that was called Star Trek Generations. Wow. Mm. The torch hander passer, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, Charles, was that mm. the one? Was that the first one you saw in theater? That's the first one I remember seeing in theaters. Yeah, I was thirteen uh, when that came out. So, if I if I saw uh, Star Trek Six, I'd have been ten. Um, wow, I don't remember it. I wasn't as into it then as I was by the time I was thirteen. I was like a hundred percent Trekkie at that point. Ah, first movie I saw in theater was the motion picture. <laughs> now I don't think it's the first movie I saw in theaters. The right, oh, no. that's what I was. Yeah, sorry. Say. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was wrong. First Star Trek movie I saw. The first movie I saw, believe it or not, was not Night of the Living Dead when I was four years old. My dad took me to see it. <laughs> Good parenting. <laughs> All I'm gonna say there. Yeah. <laughs> And then another one I found very interesting because we've talked about the, all these new shows like Prodigy. And again, I, I like this because it's, you, you never know what things turn up. On the 24th of April, 1968, one Theodore Sturgeon submitted a script for the original series that, to his disappointment, was not developed. The name of that script was Shore Leave 2. Mm. Which, of course, is the, you know, which is the sequel to the planet with the big rabbit and Alice in Wonderland and everything you think about uh, comes to life. Um, right. And I like that episode. One one final interesting thing about that episode is that it introduced this theme, which I'm not going to try to sing, called Ruth's theme, which is when Kirk sees his old love. That theme, which became a song of love, is actually more known for this side of paradise when mm. it's basically the sad scenes with Spock. Nobody knows it's called Ruth's theme. Everybody thinks it's kind of like Spock's sad love song. <laughs> but um, later on in the original series, we did come back to the Shore Lee planet in an episode called Once Upon a Planet, which I, ironically was not written by Theodore Sturgeon. It was mm. taken up by some other folks. Right. Um, but given, I don't think they'll remember, but given what happened in the animated episode, I don't know if they could have done the, some of the effects they needed in the original series as well. Right. Moving forward, another important thing for history. 25th of April, 1988, was the premiere of an episode called The Skin of Evil. 
Okay. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Most famous, of course, would be in the exit of Tasha Yar. Mm. Yeah. Exit. Yeah. And the senseless death, as they called it. What I find really interesting about that is I really don't like that episode. I mean, it, it's just it's just there. It's kind of harmless. But what I find interesting is Denise Crosby left because she felt that her character was completely wasted on the show. And then, of course, as the show got better and they started finding more stuff for Worf to do, then she was like, well, damn, if I'd known they were going to write like this, maybe I would have stuck it out. And yeah. that's why she, you, you, know. you got to stick it out. I mean, you can't just jump ship five minutes into being there. Right. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Denise. <laughs> I, I, you you should have stuck around. It doesn't be great I, if our hot. I'll say, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. I think I said, wouldn't it be great for our hotline? You get a phone call. It's from Denise Crosby. <laughs> hey, man, at least we get a phone call. <laughs> right. We've got one so far. And it was from me. <laughs> right. Oh, great. <laughs> I, I like Skin of Evil. It's mm-hmm. not a great episode, but the thing that I like about it is that in that first season, nobody knew what to do with Troy. And mm. you have this whole episode where she spends just psychoanalyzing the bad guy. Yeah. And just really gets under, and I'm, this is a pun, gets under his skin, gets under <laughs> his skin of evil. And, and I think it's great. I, I think that that's the first time that you see there's actual potential in that character. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, even though I don't, I don't love the execution of the show, it's really a fairly sophisticated sci-fi concept where an entire race of people literally supposedly cast off all their evil and mm-hmm. immorality and stuff into yeah. that one being that's a pretty sophisticated concept yeah and they were des- described as like titans so i mean yeah. it's, you're right it's, it's cool sci-fi ideas that i don't yeah. think that the armis character pulled off right 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 now uh, you know had they been able to do it the way that they did the what you call it's in discovery right the ones that looked like armis but weren't because they were the scary people from Saru's planet. That was oh, is that, the, that was amazing. <laughs> is that the bar ba, 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 ba cool? Yes. Yeah, I agree with you, Alan. Those are still some of the most amazing aliens I have seen in Trek history. I mean, just yep. amazingly yep. well done. Uh jumping back on this one, D24, and I had to put this on because this is the one, this is the one that's that spawned a, a million memes. And 1989 was the premiere of the next generation episode, the Icarus Factor. Oh okay. god. Yes. One of the Alan's classics. Re- We're hitting all yes. the highlights tonight. <laughs> I know, right? Alan's response says it all. For those who don't know, that just that's the Ambujitsu one where Riker and his father are fighting blindfold with those stupid, glowy, sound-emitting sticks. And right. a million themes have been born, as in uh, Lower Decks has, has addressed it, of course. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Great show. And the last one we just have to mention, on the 29th of April, 1955, was born one Kate Mulgrew, Captain Jane. Yay, Captain mm. Kate. Not yeah. the first female captain in Trek, but the first female captain to head a series mm-hmm. in Star Trek. Yeah. And now Admiral Janeway. That's right. right. And possibly coming back, or who knows what, because everybody wants to come back. Even, even freaking Robert Beltran decided right. to come back. And that's, that's amazing. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let me get a comment about the news that we're sharing real quick, and that is... Uh, our good buddy Matt Sweatman says Denise Matt. film filmed one more episode symbiosis after skin of evil, which aired before her death episode. 
towards the end of symbiosis, you can see her wave in the background during her actual last scene filmed. Yep. That's right. Mm. Good. That's a good call, Matt. I forgot to mention that. You're right. She was, she was waving it by in the episode that was aired before the episode where she actually died. Mm. There you go. Um, Another interesting thing about Skin of Evil, which it, it is what it is, because it, it's AI. You know, we're talking about stuff like chat, PT, chat GPT. If you watch the episode where her hologram is saying its goodbyes, her hologram looks at everybody that she talks to. Yeah, of course. Not, not, not the biggest thing. Yeah, you could do that with AI. It's, it's a little interesting, though, to see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, if you're listening on the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break right here and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But hang around because when we come back, we're going to be breaking down the Strange New Worlds teaser trailer. So stay right there. Woo-hoo. Hi, I'm Gina Shock from the Go Go's, fabulous drummer of the Go Go's. Hi, this is Tony Levin of King Crimson. Hi, this is David Fisher for the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Hi, this is Richard Evans. I am the author of Listening to the Music the Machines Make. Hi, this is Teresa Kariakis, punk rock photographer. Hi, I'm Tom Bojour, author of Nothing But a Good Time, and you are listening to Modern Musicology. Modern Musicology. Modern Musicology. You're listening to Modern Musicology. So, you know, pay attention. You might learn something. All right. So tonight we're talking about the Strange New Worlds teaser trailer, which aired just uh, a week or two ago. And I mean, it's it's got everything goes by kind of fast, but there's a lot actually in it. And I reordered my screen caps because some of the episodes or some of the the images are sort of generic images. You can't really tell a lot of context of what's going on, but some of them you can. So I sort of grouped them by episodes. So I but I started off with the ones that I couldn't directly associate with an episode. Um, and if you're listening to the audio podcast, we'll do our best to describe what we're seeing as we're discussing it. So that means that means more than just going, holy crap. <laughs> wow, that's neat. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I mean, we've got the Strange New Worlds crew and and all of the images. It looks like Una is part of the crew. Yes. So we ended yes. last season with her being taken away in handcuffs. Right. Yes. Um, but we didn't see a lot of images of her in shackles, in the brig, anything like that. Yeah, because she was but, genetically engineered, right? That was the whole r- point. Right. But we did yeah. get some of our new character in there. Carol, I am so excited about Carol Kane. Mm-hmm. So excited. My 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 hesitation about this. I'm afraid that she's going to become like a second um, Jet Reno. You know, mm, because Carol right. Kane is known for that sort of acerbic, that sarcastic character. And I don't want her to be just like a carbon copy, but with curly blonde hair of right. Reno. You know, I want her to be yeah. a distinct character. But at the same time, that smack talking engineer character is, I mean, you, I think we need that on this show. So mm-hmm. I, I'll be fine with whatever they do because I adore her so much. I thought you were going to say you thought um, she was going to be a second Hemmer. And that's sort of what I'm worried oh. about is if they go back to that ice planet, I'm going to be worried about her. Or <laughs> <laughs> to throw her off that mountain, too. <laughs> uh, no. A kill Kenny kind of meme with different people, right? Every year somebody has to fall off the yep. ship. Yep, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one thing I was going to say, Charles, in the first in the first scene you showed that showed Pike, Spock, and uh, number one, 
Mm-hmm. I really do hope number one gets more to do this year, this season. She was kind of more of a background. Not, she was around, but yeah. she wasn't as central, even though she did have a decent little story with her being genetically engineered, but I'd like to see her being more of a presence than she was. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I know they, they filmed the show in Toronto. So I was, I'd kind of speculated last year that maybe there was like a, they only had her for a certain amount of time. You know, right. because not everybody can just up and move their family to Toronto for however many months. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the case, but that might be a reason if she's got, uh, you know, other commitments and family commitments <sighs> in California that, you know, maybe that could be a contributing factor. Yeah. Let and me, then I, show, me, I, sorry. I saw her and her husband. I'm sorry. I saw her and her husband show up on that series, The Real Love Boat. And I thought, oh, man. Wow. <laughs> you could do Star me, Trek. Let me get a couple of quick comments about what we've just seen. Matt Sweatman cool. says, Ooh, I didn't know we were getting a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy, Adam Levenstein says, Carol mother effing Kane. That's right. <laughs> that is the, that is the correct response. Every time he I then her, says, I I'd be mm-hmm. okay. If they came up with some sort of magic to move jet Reno to strange new worlds, it would be stupid, but it'd be good to see. Right. And Dan Lecky, our buddy from Scotland, says, how long before they bring on Scotty? That's what I'm excited about. That's a good um, point. That's yeah. a good point. I'm hoping, I'm hoping not in this series, Dan. That's just that's a very personal preference. Well, uh, I, I think it's already overloaded with legacy. Character yeah, or I with, agree with, with that. Uh, Callback yeah. characters. And we'll get to one that really drives me up the wall. So I don't really need to see Scotty <laughs> on top of everybody else. Yeah. That's well, you may want to manage your expectations <laughs> on that, Keith, because they've not shown a lot of restraint with that sort of thing. <laughs> Good point. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> All right. So we had uh, what looks like Mbenga and maybe Laon sparring, yeah. maybe number one. Not really sure. But I know that the actor who plays Mbenga is like a black belt or something. What? In really? some, in, yeah. in some kind of martial arts. So oh, if they cool. delve into that with him, I think that'd be cool. Yes, you know, definitely. Incorporate that into his character. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, because Mbenga is such a, he's such a kind of a tightly controlled, quiet guy. Right. It would be, yeah, it'd be interesting to see like he's a, you know, like he's a, a great fighter or something like that. Or those passions come out of him in different ways. Because I imagine he's still sad about what happened to his daughter. Well, yeah. But those, those martial arts are so disciplined. And I think mm-hmm. that fits his personality mm-hmm. quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be very interested in seeing that angle with him. Me too. Yeah. And we have the Enterprise flying through something. It looks like maybe, I mean, it looks like snow, but it's probably not. <laughs> a cool shot of the shuttlecraft at a planet. And I'd love, I, that's one thing I love about Strange New Worlds is that we go to planets. You know, yeah. we have yeah. adventures. Yeah. Yeah. You know what ruins me? Every time I see a scene that looks like that with that greenery, I instantly think Chateau Picard. <laughs> well, no. well yeah thank you <laughs> so toward the end of the trailer we see uhura standing outside a crashed shuttle i bet you that mm-hmm. is part of yeah. that scene yep uh and that, there's Mbenga looking yeah, strong Mbenga having a hard time is he injured or just sweaty uh i don't know it could be after that sparring scene perhaps or it could be yeah. that there's something mm. else going on we don't have any context for that right for some reason again since i saw that i just thought he was thinking about his daughter that could be. That could yeah. be. And we've got him a little more lighthearted, fist bumping with um, Nurse Chapel. And I've I've seen people complain about the fist bumping, and that sort of thing doesn't bother me at all. Like, yeah, I mean, that's one good thing about Star Trek is that it can feel young. It doesn't have to feel old all the time. You know, you can appeal to 
uh, the current younger generation. Yeah. I remember in one episode of TNG, and I forget the one, but Troy suggested something, and somebody went along with her suggestion, and she did the old thing where you do your fist up and draw it down with a yes. And I heard <laughs> people complain about that and said, well, they wouldn't still have that gesture in the, in the you know, 20th I don't remember century. that at all. I don't remember yeah, Troy got- ever doing that. She did. I got. I'll find the episode because I'll tell you where. Well, I don't worry about, about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I found it in the nitpicker's guide to the Star Trek. Is why I read about yeah. it. Well, Data did that as well in Generations. Yes. And oh, yeah, that's um, that's the one that I remember. That's. I right. mean, one time McCoy referenced dipping girls' pigtails in ink wells. <laughs> you know, which is not a 23rd century reference, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But he's an old country doctor, so that's anyway, right. <laughs> moving on. All right, we got some fun on the bridge. Um, this shot I thought was interesting. Uh, it's mm. an overhead shot of um, um, Ortega's at her station with a proximity yeah. alert, kind of a cool look at her console. That's, but also she's got really a, nice. a pad sitting here with her own picture on it. Right. So I'm not sure if she's looking at, like, I don't know if she's got a performance review. I don't know what the situation <laughs> is, but you don't usually see this angle. I thought that was kind of a neat look at the helm and or the, you know, the helm sort of nav console. And and shows how they, they you know because with technology and with time they can make the these things more what we would think would be logical to back in the days of Sulu and Chekhov where they literally had to look through the view screen to see they were going because you never saw mm-hmm. anything like that and they had those big buttons to push yeah but she does still have the um, little HUD viewer that pops up yeah that's that's mm-hmm. a cool callback mm-hmm. I love that yeah yeah um I don't think this is a romantic scene but I don't either I don't either. I hope not. Yeah, but it's obviously intended to make us wonder if it is right. They yeah, got, I wouldn't expect Venga and Nurse Chapel to. Who knows though? Uh, I thought this shot of the Enterprise in orbit it was kind of reminiscent of the classic shots of the Enterprise orbiting a yes. planet. Yes. And to me, there's times when it could just be because there's a star right here, but it, mm-hmm. the, the Enterprise looks a little bit lighter in color than it did last season. But that could just be my memory playing tricks on me. We've got folks on the bridge, folks having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Mbenga popping up in this. There is a lot. I was surprised yeah. by that. I'm I'm glad yeah. to see that. Yeah. And in this shot, they're in the rec deck. And I I just gotta say I love I love the design aesthetic. It's sort of modernized, yeah. but they, they're they're keeping that sort of mid-century modern look to the yeah. chairs and, and all that stuff. I think that it's I think it looks really good. I think it works really well in the series, even though uh, I think all the sets are like comically large. Yeah. Oh, e- enormously large. It makes no <laughs> sense. Right. Yeah. I like the view of the, is that the planet out there? Because yeah, it looks a planet like out the windows. I swear I started to say something completely unscientific that they were at the bottom of the planet. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a cool angle because so many times in Star Trek, they literally are just flying right above the middle of the planet, the equator. Right. And the I love when they do these weird angles where they come in from, say, the southern hemisphere of a planet. And ironically, the first show to do that, where you saw the ship come in from the southern hemisphere of the planet and move up, was uh, Captain Pike in the original series. Mm. Okay. The cage. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, this I, I this is one of the most exciting things to me in the trailer because it's Nurse Chapel and Uhura, mm. and they're just in some weird alien place. Yes. I don't know what's going on. I don't I have any context for it. I just like that. It's nothing that I recognize from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's just something weird and strange. Yeah. It's that yep. glowy, glowing plants or rocks or something. It's It's pretty wild looking. Right. Uh, then we've got George Kirk is back. Right. Uh, um, a few sort of civilian looking ladies. I, I don't have any reason to believe this, but that could be Aurelian, his 
wife in the original series. Who knows? Oh, that's a good. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but he's and he's toasting with Nurse Chapel, so maybe mm-hmm. something to do with him getting married. I don't know. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And we've got Ortegas in a civilian outfit, uh, doing sort of finger guns or a finger, finger gun. guns. <laughs> And then if you notice in this trailer, um, I mean, she's doing a little curtsy here, but Ahura, it no longer has the cadet badge. She has um, oh, just a regular yes. Starfleet badge now. So oh, you're maybe right. That oh, she's, good call. Could, this could be her coming onto the bridge as an ensign for the first time and taking the communications console. Good call. Yeah. Got more of Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Woohoo. Something blowing up. I hope that doesn't spoil it for anybody, but something blows Dude. up this season. <laughs> Somebody got blown up with it, too. (laughs) And here we've got Spock playing his Vulcan lute. And this is Ah. one of the images that I was most excited about. Okay. Because I like that quiet, introspective, personal view of who Spock is when he's by himself. And and I loved those scenes on the original series of of Leonard with that. And I can't wait to see if this is just a cursory scene if this is going to be if this is a meaningful moment for him I, i'm i'm really looking because you know being a musician i'm all about that stuff i agree because in the episode <laughs> the paradise syndrome the one with the, the planet with the native americans as it were that they were trying to save when spock had to spend several weeks trying to figure out how to um, decode the um, symbols on that obelisk he mm-hmm. was playing his he was playing that to calm himself all the time mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and wanna, when McCoy said, aren't you doing the calculations? And he's like, I am. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Of course, of course he, also played, he also played that instrument with the space hippies. Right. But I don't think we've seen him play it since Star Trek V. I think that was the last yeah. time we saw Spock playing his, his Vulcan. Ah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for them to reintroduce that to the character. And I'd, oh, I mean, yes. frankly, I'd love for him to be on the rec deck, play it, and Uhura start singing. Yes, that would, please. That would make my day. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Charlie's Our New Darling. Darling. Yeah. <laughs> it happened a couple of times in season one yes. and they that they let that go but i don't yeah. think they should have i think that was a, a good element of the series right uh, i want to interject astronaut. i want to interject really quickly that I, I see all the comments and questions that we have been getting during this part of the presentation and we're going to get to them some of them i'm saving for a later part of this discussion and a couple of them we'll get after we finish the trailer stuff awesome. so so don't go away we'll get to your questions <laughs> keep them yep. coming guys and feel free to interrupt me anytime, Alan. No. So here's rude. that scene you were talking about. Now, for you, for one, you can see her badge. Yeah, that's Uhura. true. I didn't even, didn't even notice Good. that. Good yeah. call. Uhura, and she's looking distressed, and then we get the opposite angle. Yeah. Where it, I mean, it looks like a civilian shuttle crash. And we know from season one that her parents died in a shuttle crash. Yeah. And sort of a futuristic city here in the background, which I mean, I'm guessing that this is in Kenya. That's possible. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that for some reason she's either dreaming about or reliving, you know, the yeah. death of her parents. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which at least is indicating that we're going to get some media Uhura stuff this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. We got some good yeah. stuff in season one. I'm ready to build on, on that a little bit. Absolutely. That's one of the big opportunities of this series is Uhura is such an iconic character yeah. with so little development. Yeah. Right. And now we have the opportunity to get that. Yep. All right. So here we've got uh, a strange planet. And I'm going to see if I can zoom in on this. Um, some kind of something here with some folks approaching it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead right now and say, I hope this is not the guardian of forever. It sort of resembles that, doesn't it? 
it does sort of uh, resemble it's got that. that shape. Please no, please no, please no. <laughs> I don't see any bowler well, hats, so maybe well, not. <laughs> okay, but let's let's save that until we get later into the trailer because okay, I think there's a possibility. Okay, okay, we'll put a pin in Beautiful. that for a moment. Beautiful scene, though. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, scene. it really and is. This looks like it's the same planet. Yes. Um, maybe awaiting someone. Who knows? Yes. So this is a scene that I thought was cool because for one, we get real phasers and often in new star Trek, we get the little pew pew squirt phasers. Yeah. The but star Wars in this, blasters. we're getting actual phaser beams. Yeah. And, and they get wider double. and wider. It's sort of the classic enterprise V phaser pattern. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But then they do a corkscrew kind of thing. Like- <laughs> <laughs> right. Like yeah, Spock at navigation and Ortega's having a great time at helm. Uh, because then they sort of corkscrew and yes. blast a hole in that thing and fly through it. That's crazy. I love it. Yes. Uh, a vial bursting, which is always good in Star Trek. That's, you know, a sign of good things to come. <laughs> Nothing will go yeah. wrong. <laughs> Somebody's about to die or mutate into a monster. That's right. <laughs> and then a shuttlecraft flying towards sort of a maelstrom on an alien planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this kind of thing. So great. So here, ding, ding for the, I'm now, sorry, Charles, ding, ding for using the word maelstrom instead of storm. <laughs> right. And it's funny that you say ding, ding, right? As the image yeah, of someone going know. ding, ding. <laughs> I thought you were talking uh, about this picture. No. <laughs> so now we're sort of getting into the photos where we can have a little more context for. And yes. this one, we've got a bell very reminiscent of the one from Shore Leave with a pad sitting next to it. And someone's ringing the bell. Uh, but I found that if you, I could um, zoom in on this picture and I flipped it over. Yep. I did that too. Yep. And it's it's talking about Lieutenant Commander Una is an Illurian um, Federation Starfleet officer currently assigned to the uh, first officer of the Enterprise. And then below that, it lists some of her commendations. Yep. Uh, Medal so of this, Excellence, Order of so Tactics. This a, so this is a trial then? Yes. Yeah. This seems to be the picking up of our cliffhanger. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, and now I, I wouldn't guess that they're going to spend the first episode on a trial episode. If Partly, I had, to I would think they could, yes, they could, but it doesn't seem like a very exciting opener to this action adventure series to me. Yeah, you know, it, it, you're right. It could very well be, but it's, it's to going to be the, back. the B story and the A story will mm-hmm. be something big and flashy, but I'm, I'm yeah. hoping that they don't resolve that storyline in a single episode. I want it to be at least two just because Agreed. I want it to mean something. I want it to right. not be like, you know, just an excuse to have had a good cliffhanger at the end of season one. I want it to actually mean something. And I want her, you know, uh, her exoneration to, to mm. be important, to be something that's significant to the storyline. So I want it to have some kind of weight to it. Right. Agreed, because we know that um, I agree with that point, Alan, because we know that since the time of the eugenics war, the Federation and Starfleet are really, really, concerned about genetic engineering genetic engineered beings so it's, mm. it's not a minor thing yeah it could be now i mean i was kind of thinking they're going to do that like the beginning of the episode and then get off on an adventure but we'll see yeah. maybe, maybe that's my hope because i kind of like the way they handled it in lower decks where just like they had a little separate adventure going yeah. on and then she was like oh by the way i'm fine but i don't want it to be a repeat <laughs> of the lower no, deck setup yeah. though you know that's that's a good point yeah. Uh, so there was a kind of a cool shot in this trailer where the bell transitions into a shot of Starbase yeah. One, which yeah. we saw in season one. And then yeah. there were a couple of shots that I sort of put together here of the Enterprise kind of buzzing the tower and flying away from Starbase One. You can see it there in the background mm-hmm. and then uh, warping away. So that seems to me like, I mean, 
kind of heading off victoriously. I'm reading yeah. into that, but you know, I, I would guess that Una's going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we all know, <laughs> right? All right. So moving from that, we're um we got a oversized interior of the shuttlecraft. But the thing that stuck out to me was, do you guys remember that uh, little teaser um clip they put out a little while back for Strange New Worlds, where Ortegas was getting ready for an away uh, a landing party mission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were heading down to Rigel Seven, which was the planet from the cage where um Pike had previously had that big um basically disaster on like they were ambushed by a Kalar and a lot of people were killed and injured. Mm -hmm. Well, here they're wearing those same costumes. Mm -hmm. And so this looks like they're heading back down to Rigel seven, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a pull from Canon, but it's like the one planet we know of that Pike's been to from star Trek. So to me, it's kind of cool to go back to a planet that Pike has a history on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So how many times you go back to that planet? Because that's the planet he went to just before he ended up on Talos four. Right, that was where that right before he was on Talos Four, he was there, and then now yeah. he's going back. So nice. he just he goes all the time. Well, I don't <laughs> know. That was several years ago, at least twice. <laughs> wow, <laughs> maybe not all the time, a, but yeah. What a mission! Your mission, Captain Pike. Go back to that planet where you almost died. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so we've got a few shots of them in those costumes. Now this very well could be the same planet that we saw mm. that earlier with the little portal thing mm-hmm. on it, but I didn't. They weren't wearing the same costume, so I didn't group those together. But he's yeah. looking through a spyglass here, and these look yep. like they may be the Kalar or Kalarians, as they called them in that in that little preview clip. But I noticed that there's a Starfleet emblem here. I noticed that too on the gate. Yeah. So I don't really know what's going on here, but you know, Pike is sort of peeking through a spyglass and uh, doesn't look happy about whatever's going on. So I, I'm kind of excited about going back to Rigel Seven. I mean that that Rigel Seven matte painting is iconic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and that shot of the purple planet earlier that had the little portal looking thing had a big moon in the sky. So yeah. um, I'm excited to see Rigel 7 again. They also yeah, mentioned think... Rigel 7 in the first episode of Picard Season 3, by the way. Ah. I noticed that when I was rewatching it. I agree with you, Charles. That, that Rigel 7, that, that matte painting is beautiful. If I'm not mistaken, I think they reused it in the original series for Requiem for Methuselah. Right, right. And then yeah, they changed that I... in the special edition. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that shot. It's always been yeah. I'm that me. that is a, a great effect shot of him running mm-hmm. into that into that castle. Mm-hmm. And then as part of that teaser clip, they were talking about Ortega's had to stay on the ship to pilot the Enterprise through this like collision of two planets. And I think this may be that. I don't know that for certain, hmm. but hmm. I put it here with that just in case. <laughs> All right, so here we got another planet. You guys ready to hey, talk about planet. this planet? Yes. And we've got visitors here. Yes. <laughs> Get now into some that, Klingons. I got to say that gave uh, that elicited a cheer from me. <laughs> what a, I had that model when I was a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this looks like the sort of discoveryized version that they yeah. were they were building towards on discovery of the D7 mm-hmm. battlecruiser. But what do we mm-hmm. think of this new version of the D7 battlecruiser? I love it. Yeah. I'm good with it. I'm, yeah, it looks enough like the original from the original series that I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys excited to get Klingons again? Potentially. Are you over, are you, are you over Klingons? I no, like never Klingons. over Klingons. <laughs> I like Klingons. So to me, it's always about is if it's a good story, I'm absolutely right. fine with Klingons. Right. Right. Well, we get our first look here of the Klingons. Yeah. And they didn't go TOS smoothhead. No. Nope. But I mean, to me, they look quite a bit like the movie Klingons. Mm-hmm. 
And with, but with some TOS flourishes, I mean, you've got a lot of gold here. His sash looks a lot like core sash. Yeah, that's true. Uh, where it's sort of more woven and not so, I mean, it's a little metallic looking, but like Worf originally had the TOS style sash and then moved yeah. over to that silver metal sash. But yeah, uh, I think this is a really good look for the Klingons. I like it. Yeah, I agree. Well, with one, uh, one exception, which I'm hoping you have a shot of, which I think you do. I probably do. I'm sure you do. You've been very <laughs> detailed so, so far. <laughs> uh, but I, I think this is a good good compromise between the TOS yeah. movies and TOS, the show. You know, yeah. putting a little more like these uniforms here you can see in the wider shot. Like that's very like he's got the TOS style belt buckle almost and the mm. black pants and gold top. Like I, yeah. I think this works really well. But in this I shot like a lot. Yeah, they've got the the next generation style, like Klingon mugs and Spock is sort of at some kind of bar drinking with a Klingon and there's actually Klingon civilians surrounding them in the background and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so my thing is that, and this is based predominantly on next generation that okay. Klingons never had exactly the same head ridges. Mm. They had very, okay. very similar ones if they were yeah. from the same family. And so I'm right. hoping that these three Klingons that we see here are from the same family. And that's why they look so the same. I don't want be. all their Klingons to look to have the same crest. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Now, in the in the movies, though, they did. Exactly. Uh, like so it Star depends Trek on three. They all have the same. So it depends on what aesthetic they're actually. Now, see, this guy looks different. Yeah, he's got different forehead ridges. And there's yeah. like an alien in the background. So yeah, um, cool looking alien. Yeah. And like Spock's trying to like fit in with the Klingons, which <laughs> I'm looking forward to this episode. I oh, mean, yeah. I know we've seen Klingons a lot in Star Trek, but we really haven't yeah. got a Klingon episode aside from Worf yeah. this year since like the second season of Discovery. Yeah. And those Klingons were very different. Yeah. Um, and then this year we've got Worf and then we've got these guys. Where's this like a little Klingon, the like classic Klingon re Renaissance going on? Mm -hmm. Well, the thing about the Klingons, I think, which is, you know, I think they can always justify using them is they are they are genuinely part of the history of Star Trek, you know, from mm -hmm. the original series, wars and treaties and so forth. So it makes sense. They've been there um, yeah. for a very long time. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the next uh, episode that we have some photos from, uh, there's a. A Constitution class starship or something similar to a Constitution class starship saucer section, sort of in distress, some folks yeah. in EVA suits. But then we've got these Gorn ships. Mm -hmm. And these ships look like the Gorn ships from season one. So the Gorn are back. No of course comment. they are. <laughs> nope, well, you no got a comment. comment. It's a podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna leave, yeah, I'm going to leave that. You know, you know how I feel about the Gorn showing up. So I'm just going to leave yep. it alone. <laughs> and then well, here we see that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I'm not, I wasn't commenting on your comment. I was just commenting on the fact that, yes, of course, they are back because they were the primary big bad from season yeah. one. So, yeah, yeah we, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. I'm looking forward to seeing how they continue that storyline. Right. Well, here we've got the interior of that. What well, looks like that, da that damaged Starfleet ship. Yeah. Uh, and we see that it's Nurse Chapel and Spock in those yep. EVA suits. Uh, and things aren't going good. Haven't the spacesuits improved since the original series? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have a, like a mesh in front of their face. Yeah. <laughs> they actually have a protective covering now. Right. <laughs> well, it literally was a shower curtain, right? <laughs> oh, you're talking about from Naked Time. Uh, yeah, those were <laughs> Naked those Time. Were, they, were, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they were literally shower curtains. Yep. 
And then we've got this shot from Alien 3. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're leaning heavily into it this year. Yeah, yes. like they, they really want the Gorn to be Xenomorphs. I don't know why. Yes. Yes. I don't know either. I think it's because, like I said, for people like me who 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 bellyache about the callbacks, they're making them so different. They can kind of say, "Well, it's not really the same." Right. Yes. Well, I, I my thought was, um, okay, you people in season one said that all we were doing is copying Alien. Hold my beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, now the Gorn that we saw in season one were like babies and juveniles. This guy looks a little bit bigger to me. It's yeah. been a while since I saw that episode, but we may be getting some more adult corn. And it yep. still looks practical to me. It could just be that it's CGI and it just looks really good, but this looks mm. more like a, like they're still going with a practical Gorn, which I like. Yeah, it does to me too. Yeah. All right. On to the next big thing. Ooh, baby. We've got James. Definitely T. no Kirk comment. <laughs> standing on the transporter pad on the Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, the man, the myth. Yeah. Uh, He's the, coming, Keith. Will be one day a legend. I'm right. just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to deal with it because this 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 is probably the single worst plot device to me that I truly dislike is bringing Kirk on okay. and, know, and his brother. Know. But <laughs> you know what do you what do you do? You got to go with it, right? Yeah. Um, but let me ask you all this thing since obviously since I just can't, I literally can't stand the thought of Kirk in the series at all. However. Okay. I don't have a problem with the actor as much as I'm seeing. I see a yeah. lot of people online who say they can't stand this actor because he looks too old for the age he's supposed to be. He has none mm. of Kirk's charisma. Did you get any of that? Or does that even bother you with this in this in that case? No, I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was as charismatic as Chris Pine. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. But, I mean, we also saw him sort of playing an older Kirk, not older, yes. but older than he is in this series uh, mm-hmm. in season one in the flash forward, like alternate future. So, right. I mean, I'm I'm willing to see what he's got to offer. You know, I don't think physically he really strikes me as Kirk that much, but yeah, I I, I am glad that they're not going for like a Shatner impersonation. Like they're going yes. more for like a serious younger Kirk, mm-hmm. um, right? Which I'm fine with. Yeah, and the um the actor said that you know in last season he was playing a version of Kirk that comes from an alternate future basically and this Mm. season it's more of the kirk that we know more of the kirk that we're familiar with so i'm looking forward to seeing how much different the the performance is and how differently he's written so Mm. we'll see we will see yeah i hope for him to i hope for him to be more like kirk in like the first half of season one that's my my perfect kirk yeah 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 What's his rank at this time? Do you know where, where he's assigned? We'll, yep. we'll see that here in a, a future picture. Okay. But before we get to that, I mean, the sort of the joke in this trailer was seen that uh, some chemistry with him and La'an, mm. some sort of romance going on. And number one was teasing her about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but here um, <laughs> it's La'an and Kirk either back in time, which seems likely possibly on like a parallel earth, mm-hmm. but um, the store is identifiable because it has the the logo all over the place. It's a store called roots that's in Canada, but oh, Kirk gets, yeah. this is the scene where Kirk, you can see the roots logo here and you can see uh, it. Over I've here never heard of that. As well. so. okay. Yeah. It's a Canadian yeah. store, okay. but um, Kirk gets stuck in a sliding a sort of Star Trek four style fish out of water. Yeah. Humor, yeah. Kirk stuck in the door. Um, but as he comes through the door, let me fast forward a little bit. You can see that he's got captain's braids. Oh, 
But also from this picture, you can see that he's not wearing the same badge. And the yes. other shot, he had the same the Starfleet badge that our Enterprise crew has. And here he has a different one. But this, we saw we saw location uh, photos, mm -hmm. remember, like a right. year and a half ago or something of him yeah. um, filming something right around this time. It's got to be this, you know, close to this scene. Yeah. And right. we and we saw that that different badge. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to say guardian of forever that could be i i hope not i at the very least call it something different and have a time portal you know what i mean because guardian of that yeah sometime <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean it, it could be though um but what it looks like is that kirk and the honor in present day and he even has a line that says like she's like giving him a hard time about not knowing how to use a revolving door and he's like i'm from space which is like sort of playing off of his yes. I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space from start. They're playing heavily on Star Trek four is oh, yes. in this episode. Right. And then we move on to Laon, and we get to um, something that every Star Trek show seems like they have to do now, which is make a thing yeah. out of the captain's phrase. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to get old after a while for me. I think it's for me, it's already gotten old, but I know a lot of <laughs> folks like it. <laughs> But we have Spock, presumably in the command chair of the Enterprise for the very first time. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is, I mean, it's a pretty historic occasion, regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's, he says, I want the ship to go now. Yes. And then everyone looks amused and they and warp away. Go. And yep. June 15th, leave your world behind. And that's what I I've got. Shall. That's yep. Ooh, Great baby. Job. That's a lot. That's a great line. job that with was, screen captures. I didn't expect, was, I didn't know you were going to do that. That was good. Yeah. I thought it would be fun. Absolutely. Um, so what do we think? I mean, anything you noticed going through um, shot by shot or any strong opinions? I just noticed all the things that you noticed and told me about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, uh, I think one thing I've really noticed about the show from the first season, even from the screenshots you've seen is more than any, well, I'm not going to say that that's not really right. Because Picard season two was a lot of outside stuff, but they do a lot of stuff that reminds me of the original series, which is they're always on these planetscapes, you know, as in mm -hmm. it's not so much bound on the ship. They're they're mm -hmm. literally on planets, they're walking around exploring new vistas, new right. new terrains. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And that's one thing, like on Picard, they mm -hmm. were filming that in LA. But yeah. their big like volume stage is in Toronto. So, I mean, I think that would have benefited Picard to have some planets to visit along the way because right. they were very shipbound in this last season of Picard. But that's yes. one thing I like about Strange New Worlds is that you're going to planets, you know, you're mm -hmm. different locations. That's kind of like the, they're, they're trekking through the stars, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Part and part and of it. It's easier to go to planets there because you got to draw the background anyway. You just yeah. draw a different background. Right. You don't have to actually go anywhere or use the VR mm -hmm. wall or any of that stuff. Yeah. And I, it, it reminds me of the original series so much because remember the really cool thing about the original series? They go to a planet and the atmosphere was purple. And mm -hmm. yeah. also something we haven't heard since the original series. Remember, you'd, you'd always go, they'd always go to, often go to a planet and you'd hear what they, we people call the music of the spheres. There was always sometimes weird like background music. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. that they would do that's always cool. So I, I just love those new vistas, as you said, Charles, because you think about going to a planet and you look up and there's three moons, or yeah, there's a there's a moon so close that it looks like it's gonna fall on you. I mean, wow, that's what space yeah, right? exploration would be about. Yeah, which is is that what we got in one of these 
scenes in this trailer where the Enterprise is flying around. This, uh, I mean, it can't be three distant planets, right? It's got to be three mm. moons that were very close by. And yeah. I loved that. I'm, yes. I'm excited to Beautiful. see that. Yeah. Beautiful shot. And the, right. their volume stage kind of reminds me of a high-tech version of the old cyclorama that they used to just put yes. different lights on on the different planets, but now they can put a whole planet there, which I think is cool. I think it's a, <laughs> exactly. it's, it feels it feels very Star Trek. Even when it feels stagey, it still feels like Star Trek yeah. to me. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. We have got a stack of comments. So <laughs> okay. Uh, awesome. And we're already at 44 minutes. So we <laughs> I might know. Have to save all the other stuff for next week's show. That's right. But that's cool. Give them a reason to come back. Okay. Right. Matt Sweatman says, I want to see an eject pod button on Pike's armrest. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I want to point out to Matt that it's called Jettison Pod. And it was named that after a great podcast hosted by Vanny Beth Glenn. Everyone knows <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, Dan says, have you seen the new stuff? The Roddenberry archive has been releasing. Yes. And we were planning to get to that tonight, but I think that's going to have to be next week. <laughs> I took too long with the pictures. That's cool. Adam. That's who knew that many pictures could come from one trailer? <laughs> um, Adam Levenstein says she didn't even get an official first name until the lens flare era. That being Uhura. That's right. Um, mm. Dan says Uhura already sang in the second installment of Strange New World's first season. Yes, we know, but not oh, accompanied by a yeah. Vulcan liar. So, yeah, and that was my favorite Star Trek episode of the current era of Star Trek. So I'm well aware, but I want to I want to hear her singing to the crew accompanied by Spock. Yes, interstellar yes. astronaut. Yes, <laughs> um, he says the comic. The Illyrian Enigma already established that the Illyrian genetic engineering was a result of brutal experiments done on them by the Vulcans and that the Illyrians are to be sympathized. Okay. Whether that is considered canon and is maintained in the storytelling that we get on television is a different matter. And we'll have to see where that, you know, where, where they go with that. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but that comic just came out. So I would hope that they wouldn't give a totally different backstory for the Illyrians. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's one that just came out, then, then I would think that that would be intended to fold right. into what's happening. Yeah. That makes sense. Huh. Um, let's see. Matt says, uh, we know one planet Pike can't go back to. Do we though? Because <laughs> I feel like he's going to go back there. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah probably so okay matt also asks are they trying to undo any prime directive cleanup on rigel six seven eight i don't know seven could be i mean who knows yeah could be yeah he then asks do you think they'll ignore enterprises klingon ridge loss explanation i don't know well, i mean it's getting confusing now it yeah. is isn't it yeah yeah I mean, we know that not all of them lost their ridges. So really, even if they just showed Klingons with the ridges, that wouldn't really be a problem with continuity. I, I kind of thought like part of the storyline on Discovery was that the Klingons were turning themselves into humans, or at least Ash yeah. Tyler, they turned into a human. I thought they might yeah. tie that directly into, but they didn't. Um, yeah. So who knows? I mean, they could really do, they have a lot of freedom with the Klingons, I think. Agreed. Agreed. And yeah. a lot of interesting things that can be told. Um, Adam Levenstein says to me, the different head ridges was one of the most creative aspects of the TNG Klingons. Mm-hmm. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with that. Great. Um, Dan sings us a little song and says, there's Klingons on the starboard bow. 
Yes, there are. <laughs> um, Adam says, I agree. I think they should have kept Kirk off until the very last episode. Or mm-hmm. agree. Okay. Yeah, until the last episode of the series, you mean? Yeah, right. That's, uh-huh. that's yeah. kind of what I figured yeah. they would have done, but no, they had different ideas than than I did. Yeah. Okay. Dan Lecky says, "I just watched the first two, the first two Alien films at the cinema, um, and noticed Ripley has D seven oh written all over her face in a scene from the first Alien movie. So maybe she's been watching this trailer." <laughs> That's pretty that funny. I've never noticed that before. That's that's <laughs> hilarious. Dan also says, I watched some of the of Paul Wesley's Insta videos earlier today, and his vocal phrasing came across as particularly Shatner. Okay. Interesting. That's good to know. Maybe he's going to be like that Aaron Butler guy who Austin Butler, I think, who played Elvis, and he yes. like, yeah. still has the Elvis voice. So maybe he'll yes. be talking like Shatner for years to come. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, Matt says, good work, Charles. And I'm not sure thank why, you, yeah. because that was, oh, I guess that is toward the end. So yeah, thank you so much for putting all that <laughs> together. That was really, really well yeah. done. Thank you. Um, Dan says the penultimate screen cap mm-hmm. you showed has been confirmed to be Talos four. So do you think it'll be in the show as a setting or just stylistic? Where is that? Yeah, and what, he, what he's talking about there is that the, where it says something like leave your, leave your planet behind or something. And there's a planet behind and it was a reused shot from oh. that discovery episode where they went to tell us for i think is oh what i got gotcha. you about and i didn't mention that but who knows i mean let's wait for, for me i would rather wait on talos for i think that there's yes. still a story to tell there i mean because yeah. you went from never return to that planet to spock conspiring with them to save captain pike so i think there's room there at the there very least for spock to have contact with them but right i, I know they're going they're going to do like TOS tie-in things and continuity because they have to. Um, they, they they they've shown that, but I would rather limit that. I'm I get more excited about Agreed. an episode like Children of the Comet where we're just on a space adventure. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Right. Um, and then finally we have Elaine who says hi. Just chiming in to say I'm excited hey, for the new season. Hi, Elaine. Awesome. So a couple of things that we did not get in this trailer. And I am not surprised by either of them. And I'm glad that they did not show us these things in this trailer. The first being Angel and Cybok. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because mm. I am so effing excited about whatever they're going to do with those two characters this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to spoil any second of it. Right. The other thing that, that's been mentioned is that we didn't get any of the Lower Decks crossover. Teased in this trailer, which I'm also glad I don't want them to spoil any of that. So Mm -hmm. we know from um, um, what's his name? Uh, Frakes that there, there are animated scenes in that. And then the characters cross over into the live action, you know, universe. I don't want them to show us any of that. I didn't even want Frakes to say that. I just want to wait and see that episode as it happens and not, and go into it just completely unspoiled. Mm. Don't give a, any teaser images I, at all. I I feel like they'll give something before then because they want to hype will. it up. I know they will. I kind of expected that in this, like you, where you'd have like all yeah. the whole trailer and coming soon, and at the very end would be like Mariner and Boimler. And yeah. we may still get that because a lot of times they'll, in the first episode, they'll have like this season. 
and you'll get yes. some clips. So, well, and remember I mean, this, this was only a teaser trailer. It's not right? even a trailer trailer. It's just a teaser right. trailer. And look how yeah. much stuff they gave us. I know. And, and, and it may be that we're just seeing stuff from the first half of the season. They do that a lot of times. I'm too. sure that's what's going uh, on. This yeah, is only like four or five episodes. Right. But 100%. there's a lot going on in those first few episodes. Yes. You know, I think, yes. I think for some reason for me, more than the Klingons, the Klingon ship caught me. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's that classic look. You know, I just haven't seen that look in so long. It really <laughs> did. So that was kind of neat to see that. <laughs> Keith, I thought you were going to, you, you sort of emphasize that second syllable. And I thought you were going to say something about, you know what I liked even more than the Klingons? The Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where he's going with this. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I hope they call him Klingons. Because I think oh, that's that would be awesome. <laughs> it's the Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny, <laughs> baby. Well, yeah, we've got. I mean, we've, we've got a few minutes left. Is there anything else we want to cover about this trailer, or do we want to? I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we've got. I'm kind of glad they gave us a little bit of a break and they didn't overlap it. It's a little bit overload, right. if, like because last year or last season, I guess it was like on top of each other. And, you know, I don't want to, I mean, I need a little time to digest Picard before diving into strange yeah. new worlds and getting, you know what I mean? Like there was a lot. Yeah. I, I, I like yeah. this, you know, last year we had basically a year of unbroken episodes mm -hmm. and I kind of right. like having a little space in between each mm -hmm. season, you know, yeah. not only because it gives us on a podcast a chance to talk about other things than just that week's episode, <laughs> but because right. you, you sort of, I like being able to you know, kind of live with that thing that we just finished seeing before jumping into a new thing. Right. So I I'm glad for a, a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, somebody who grew up in a time where, you know, you didn't get new television from May through September. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm fine with that too. Yeah. I, I think that's really nice. I really do hope that number one gets um, more, you know, obviously her, like you said, Alan, her trial, I hope it's not just a one and done episode, but I really would like to see her um, develop more. And more central mm. to the show if that works for the actress. Yeah, but at the same time, I also don't want it to. I don't want her to be gone from the ship for too long. Right. That's why I say let's make it two episodes instead of mm -hmm. just one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wrap it up in two. Now, did we end last year? Was Laon off the ship? Like, wasn't didn't she leave the ship prior to? The, so it could be that, like yeah. I was talking about, I didn't think that'd be very action packed for them to be mm -hmm. having a trial in the season and episode one, but it could be that they're intercutting with Laon on a time travel adventure with Kirk while everyone else is back um, dealing with Una and her trial. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's you know, possible. I mean, I'm, I'm speculating here, but um, right. I mean, I, my hope is that they, I mean, I want a satisfactory resolution because that was a big cliffhanger at the end of the season, Yeah. but I don't want to spend a lot of time. I don't want to spend like a season on, Una, and it no. doesn't look like we're going to get that because yeah, it looks not, like she's just back in the action. Exactly. Uh, so clearly, it's not going to take too long to wrap that up. But right, I want it to be more than just. I mean, I don't want it to drag out. Right. Yeah. And maybe they can do it in in one episode and still make it meaningful and still make it mm -hmm. impactful. And as long as right. they do that, I'm fine. Yeah. You know what I find interesting about the whole concept of the genetic engineering. Um, is in Enterprise, Dr. Phlox mentions that genetic engineering is extremely common on his planet, Denobula. Now, I don't know that they mean they enhance people, but he basically mentioned that his people have a much more, I guess, relaxed and casual 
feeling mm-hmm. about it than humans. So I guess they never had a eugenics war. So one of the things I find curious or interesting about the whole thing with Una is she's in Starfleet where in the Federation, well, Starfleet where it's basically illegal to be genetically engineered past a certain point. But so that's a very interesting concept because humans, earthlings, Terrans, may have much more of an issue with genetic engineering, even genetic enhancement, than other races may have. So right. that's an interesting conversation mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it seems like yeah. Klingons are genetically changing themselves all over the place. Right. <laughs> Right, and, and let's be honest. If like I've told I've told people, I've said this so many times before. I had my I had health issues. I'd always said if I could be, if somebody could safely genetically engineer me to take my family's propensity for diabetes out of me, I'd take it. If somebody could genetically engineer me where I didn't need glasses or contacts, I'd take it. Hmm. Um, and who you know, and there might be some planets where it's nothing wrong for you to genetically engineer your kid to where they have a little bit better breeding capacity, so they can. Go to the top of a mountain and don't need breathing gear. There may be whole planets where it's considered normal. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's an incredible conversation. We have a planet where genetic engineering, even some slight genetic enhancements, is not considered forbidden on a planet. But then you want to join Starfleet. That's a weird thing to have yes. to hide that. Yeah. And I hope they get into that kind of thing. Because we have exactly. two, two Star Trek shows that are exploring this genetic enhancement thing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's 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 not not every genetic enhancement is making you Superman. Like if someone said to me, Hey, mm-hmm. we can make sure your kid's not gonna have cancer. Do you want that? Yes. And I'd be like, Right. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but then it's well, do you want her to be taller? You know, stronger. You want to be better at sports. So you know what I mean. Like it, it, yeah. it, it's a slippery slope. You know, exactly right. That's the danger of it. When right. when you get something that is helpful and it goes well, that encourages you to do more and then more. And yeah. on a societal level, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes you know something that is potentially dangerous, right? And and that's how you get Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> well that's true because th- that's true because you're right you could end up with you know you can have thing where the elite and the rich and the powerful and the connected yes. become genetically engineered and the rest of the slubs yes. aren't exactly you know? exactly mm-hmm. exactly you know? or you can, and then it becomes you can a have, class thing and a, yeah exactly yeah. or you, you have a world where wwe stars get genetically engineered because <laughs> that's their job <laughs> Right. Nobody else does. But then, but you know, you bring up a good point because that then comes into the, you know, narcotics for sports. You know, are you, are you doping to perform right. better? Have you genetically engineered? And it's the same thing. Is someone not engineered having to compete in a foot race against someone who is genetically mm-hmm. engineered? And how does that play out? How do you balance that? Right. Yeah. It affects every little aspect. Even yeah. if it's like a, even if it's like a, a mental thing and you're right. competing in a job situation, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and you can never get ahead because someone else always has the advantage. Right. Dude, let's write a whole say, new series. Oh, I'm excited yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of fertile ground there. I hope that they get uh-huh. into the sci-fi implications of it. And it's not, well, we've determined that Una was heroic on the enterprise and therefore <laughs> she will be allowed to continue. <laughs> right. You know, she used yeah. her stuff for good. Right. Right. Yeah. Dan says, thinking about folks like the Binars and the Jim Hadar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which are also two races I would love to see again on Star Trek. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know about, well, Jim Hadar we could do. And oh, my God, had we gotten them with the changelings? Holy smokes. That would have been amazing. Sorry. But, yes. You know, 
Binars, I would love to see again. Yeah, I'm surprised Lower Decks hasn't done. I mean, they did a picture of Binars he, once, right. but I'm surprised there's no Binars in the crew. Like, that's <laughs> the perfect Lower Decks thing. Yeah, that really does. All right, Ooh. so we're right at time. We're, we're originally, yeah. we had sort of slated a few things that were coming up in Star Trek to talk about tonight if we had time, and we didn't have time. So do you guys want to circle back around to the other things next week? So yeah, next let's week, do that. Getting into, um, I mean, the, the news of Section 31 and what they're yep. calling Star Trek Phase 2, yep. uh, which mm-hmm. is, does not include Lieutenant Zahn, uh, to my disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I mean, we've got Starfleet Academy coming that we haven't yeah. really had a chance to talk about. We've right. got the potential for Star Trek Legacy. So we've got right. I mean, there's a lot. We've got of, a lot. Of, yeah. Just yeah, a few plus, weeks ago, I was I was kind of worried that Star Trek was contracting. They were seemed like they were yeah. closing some things down. And then over right. the last few weeks, it's just like, well, look at all this potential. You know, look what yeah. we've got going on. So I'm excited yeah. again. They have come you through know, for us yet again. Right. I say this all the time because, you know, I grew up in a different time from so many people who are much younger than me. But actually, the Section 31 movie excites me because I grew up with TV movies, you know, movies of the week. <laughs> right. And even you know, even when series ended, there would always be, you know, like a like a. a this is definitely going to go over people's heads. A Macmillan and Wife movie. Or, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. Or, yes. Spencer for, or Spencer for Hire. Maybe some people mm-hmm. know that. So the concept of a movie is kind of exciting to me. Yeah. But well, let's hold one. that for next week yes. so we can yes. you know, get more into it. Because we got right. over the last few weeks, we've had to sort of just mention the news and then move on because there was mm-hmm. like a Star Trek episode to talk about. So next week, right. we're going to be deep diving into Section 31 and so forth. Uh, but join us Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern if you want to join us live. Uh, otherwise, we'll be available after the fact on our YouTube channel or on our podcast, Earth Station Trek. And All right. let's just let's just say this. If you have thoughts about this trailer that we just reviewed tonight mm-hmm. or the Starfleet Academy show or the potential yes. Star Star Trek legacy show or anything that we're going to talk about next week, you should drop us a line on our mm-hmm. special phone line. That's right. The Earth Station is, Trek hotline. That's right. Earth Station Trek hotline, which is 307-387-1701. You forgot the jingle. <laughs> no, I didn't forget the jingle. I just forgot the numbers that go with it. Okay. 307-387-1701. Yep. And I promise if you call that number, yep. it doesn't ring to a person who answers. It's a cute little message from Veronica, and you can leave a voicemail message, which sends us an MP3. So if you're nervous about someone answering, don't worry about that. Um, but it'll send it, and we can play your message and your thoughts on the show. So yeah, Section yes. 31, Starfleet Academy, Star Trek Legacy. If there's something yes. you want to see, 307 387 1701 and Dan I see in the comments asking about international <laughs> calling rates. I don't know Dan. I, I have no I'm idea. Sure they do. I, I'm sure they do. I would I would presume so. So if you want to yeah. email us an MP3 that's fine too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But email yes, MP3 if you three to earthstationtrek at gmail.com. Right on. Awesome. So if you if you folks send us this stuff, we will include them in the show. Mm-hmm. But you if you my if word. You, but try to keep it to a short, like, don't do a half hour on <laughs> section 31. Right. Like, that's our keep job. It concise. <laughs> like, keep it concise, like a comment, not, you know, yeah. a, <laughs> a speech. All right. Speech. <laughs> All right, Keith. Do you, do you uh, I'm sorry, Alan, where can people find more of you? I forgot what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I um, so you should check out my other podcast, Modern Musicology. If you're a music fan, buddy, so are we. We got you covered and we've got a lot of great interviews that we've done lately. Two of the members of heart, uh, Tony Levin Mm -hmm. from Peter Gabriel's band, 
Um, we have had Gina Shock from the Go-Go's. We have had authors. We have had all kinds of stuff. And we just did a show about the 27 Club. And that's all the legendary musicians who have died at the age of 27. So go check us out. Mm. So and Hendrix, Joplin, and all that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So yeah, um, go go look for that. Modern Musicology. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. And I usually would say, how about us, Veronica? But Veronica's not here, so I have to carry the weight myself. Feltnerdy.com. And actually, and? we're getting... Well, hang on, because oh, felt nerdy. We're actually <laughs> for the first time since the pandemic, we're getting back into doing conventions. We've been just doing Dragon Con for the last few years, but we've got appearances coming up at Frolicon, at Matrotham in Chattanooga, at FrankenCon in Tennessee. Um, we're getting a little back into the convention scene, which for a long time that was our thing. We would do like 15 conventions in a year, so it's wow. it's exciting to get back out. So if you want to see felt nerdy, we got some adult shows coming up, which Frolicon will be an adult show. We've got one of each at Matrotham, and we've got some family shows coming up as well. So check out feltnerdy.com, which redirects you to our Facebook page, and you can follow along with what we're doing. Or you can you can listen to us at Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> did I do okay? You did. That was good. It was perfect. Okay. <laughs> she would be proud. All right. Does anybody have a closing for us this week? No, I didn't even think about that. Then I'll say, I want the podcast to go now. <laughs> and it shall. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.